City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City, it's your man Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets, and you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Welcome to the latest edition of The Stinger on the All Hornets Podcast Network. Um, today's episode, we're looking for a little bit of an off-season preview, and I'm joined by writer at SB Nation's Bright Side of the Sun and podcast host of the Sun Solar Panel, Dave King, to talk all things DeAndre Ayton. Um, Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I appreciate being on the show. Thanks. Yeah, I expect um, there's going to be a lot of teams who are at least going to kick the tires on this Ayton thing. Is so polarizing, uh, so it's always fun to talk through. But it's almost as complicated as it is polarizing, and we'll talk about the complications on any eight and trades as we get into this yeah it, it definitely is and that's why i wanted to have yourself on an expert in all things suns so we can get into some of the details there um yeah. i guess w- one of the things that really triggered this was and you know the eight and rumblings have been out there since the suns uh dropped out the playoffs but the the thing that really triggered it was today john hollinger had a article in the athletic um kind of looking at really through the lens of the Detroit Pistons, potential trades for DeAndre Ayton. And in that, he dropped the quote that he now feels it is more than likely than not that Ayton will not be on the Suns next year, which I'm not saying that's any breaking news because that's kind of been speculated for a while. But did, did that did that kind of catch your eye? Was, was that kind of unexpected from yourself? Not unexpected, no. Actually, let me... Uh give you from the sun's point of view, how this has all unfolded uh, with Aiden as a 22 year old in his first playoffs a year ago, uh, he appeared to have dispelled all the concerns that he would not show up at playoff time, that he would be played off the floor, potentially at playoff time, all the concerns pretty much on, on Deandre Aiden looked to have been uh, uh, resolved and questions answered in last year's playoff run where the team, the Phoenix Suns, made the finals for the first time in 28 years and only the third time in a 54-year franchise history. So coming off of that, uh, he, he showed that he could play, he could stay out there in a small ball against a small ball lineup, which is incredibly important 
if you're DeAndre Ayton, because you have to be able to move your feet enough and be able to stay in front of guys enough to uh, stand, you know, to survive out there on the perimeter on a five out offense like the Clippers did in the Western Conference Finals. And he did very well, and which is great because on the other end, he's so much bigger than anybody. And in the paint, when when they do drive into the paint, he's there to stop guys from from scoring in the paint. So he appeared a year ago like uh, what the Jazz always wanted Rudy Gobert to be. And, and he, well, Rudy Gobert has won two Defensive Player of the Year titles, I believe now, but he's always in the playoffs been exposed as somebody who gets lost in, in no man's land uh, once a team goes small. And that's how the Jazz lost so many times in a row. And just today, we also saw Quinn Snyder just walk away and say, I give up. You guys need a new voice. It's not going to work. <laughs> he just walked away from the Jazz. So anyway, that was a year ago. A year ago, DeAndre Ayton appeared to be the guy that fans, all the Jazz fans always wanted out of Rudy Gobert, a guy who could stay on the floor. He even showed himself well against Giannis Antetokounmpo, even though he was on an island against Giannis in the Bucks scheme and the Suns didn't do anything to alleviate Ayton at all. They played him basically 40 minutes a game, mirroring Giannis's minutes. Uh, he, he did survive okay, but he wasn't great. And that was his worst showing last year so i'm just talking about a year ago as it looked like all the questions were answered number one overall pick originally from 2018 luca had never made it out of the first round all this stuff it seemed like the suns had the right guy and a year ago they declined to extend him. they declined to extend him for his max and what the max is basically for the number one overall pick is about 30 million dollars a year plus 8% uh, raises for the next five years. This was a year ago. The Suns are, are well-managed on the cap. They, they were sure they had to re-sign some guys and all that. But when you're a finals-bound team, when you're a team trying to win a title, it's okay to be in the luxury tax. Luxury tax is simply a penalty against the owners for spending more money than their peers want to do. Uh, and, and so there's, and there's some rules on, on roster limitations, but they already started using those as if they were going to be in the luxury tax. For example, you only using half of the mid-level exception last year for JaVale McGee that went, people were wondering why the Suns only, sorry if I'm rambling here, but I'm trying to explain the position. Um, the Suns only spent half their mid-level exception on JaVale McGee last year because luxury tax teams are only allowed to spend half of that. It's called the, the tax MLE, which is half of the, or, or just slightly over half of the full mid-level. The Suns did everything a tax team would do uh, without going into the tax last year so they could pr they proved that they could do it. They signed JaVale McGee for extra backup, all this stuff. And it looked like they should have extended DeAndre Aiden. And they just decided, no, we don't want to. And the reason the Suns gave without even negotiating at all was we don't want another designated max guy. Now, James, you know what the designated max extension is and all that, right? It's the guy who gets the, the uh, five-year yeah, extension year. on his fifth year and the and you can only offer the fifth year if you give max money so, so you can't give a 20 million dollar a year five-year contract it has to be in last summer's case 30 million plus eight percent plus all this and you become this designated rookie max the suns already have one of those in devin booker you could only any one team can only have two at a time so the reason james jones gave for well deandre Ayton's camp wouldn't consider anything less than that we don't want to cap ourselves on the ability to acquire 
a guy during his, because that designated max lasts the entire length of the contract. If they wanted to acquire another guy like Devin Booker in his age range, they didn't want DeAndre Ayton to be the reason they couldn't. I took that as, well, they just want DeAndre Ayton also, right? Because otherwise you'd have to trade Ayton. Um, so it sounded like good like management, but uh, Ayton's team, obviously, uh, was not happy with that. Uh, he played out the season. The Suns, uh, now the Suns do have all the control on restricted free agency. Now he wouldn't be designated anymore, even if they offered the max. Um, although they can't go five years, um, I think. But that's the thing is, is, is now that they have that cap off of the ability to sign him, they could sign him to a max. But the word out of everyone is that the Suns would rather not. They don't, they agree with most everybody else that you don't give max money to a center. Um, and they, because he is, he's got limited playability in this playoffs, Aiden, <coughs> for some reason, excuse me, Aiden, for some reason proved it. He proved it by ultimately being unplayable against the Mavericks of all teams. And Luka Doncic, the, the guy he wasn't a year ago, the guy he was a year ago, fought through all of that stuff, played through all that stuff, played great. This year, he played like the guy everyone was worried he would play like, which is, hey, look, I, I want to get my offensive numbers. I'm not quite as concerned about rebounding. and I'm not quite as concerned about um, being able to you know, do anything the coach wants me to do, which was concerning and is concerning for the Suns. So, um, and this is all just from watching as things happen, right? Obviously, James Jones does not come out and say, I don't want to, get, I don't want to keep DeAndre Ayton, but word around is, like John Hollinger is hearing that if the Suns can stay on a title path at the end of this summer, they'll trade Aiden to do it. How you do that is very complicated, but they, if they, they would trade Aiden if they can keep a title contender in place that I, I, I'm hundred percent sure. of. And the only mechanism for them to do that is through a sign in trade because the Suns don't have any cap space. So essentially any, any deal where they're either signing and trading Aiden into a team with cap space or signing and trading with another team and then taking back money from right. the other team. And, and like you said, the key thing here with the Suns is, you know, expiring contracts and draft picks isn't getting anything done. Like, right. like you said, it's got to be something that keeps Phoenix in that upper echelon of the West and on that championship path. So there's two, right. There's two possibilities here. Now it's okay. So we can get into the complicated part on the, on an eight and trade overall in a sec. But the first thing is the first thing you said, James is absolutely right. The Suns have no other capability beyond the mid-level exception and minimum contracts to acquire new talent. If they just trade Aiden for expirings and picks, they, they, they can't just, or uh, sorry, if they just let Aiden walk period, there's no ability to replace him. So they won't just let him walk. They won't no. let him sign just an offer sheet from a team with cap space. They'll, they'll match it and they'll keep him and they'll deal with it in six months or a year or whatever by trading him then. So if Aiden doesn't cooperate with the Suns and his folks and the, and the acquiring team doesn't cooperate with the Suns on a workable trade, they'll just match it and keep him. He's not, they're not going to let Aiden walk. So that's the first thing out the door. Aiden's not just walking away. And the second thing out the door is he's not going to just take his 
$16.25 million qualifying offer to become unrestricted a year ago. That has never worked out for any player to turn it into a max deal a year later. It just doesn't. And um, it's, it's just not going to happen. So, and Aiden's not going to give up guaranteed money. He's, he's as much interested as any 22-year-old is in making the most money possible. He came from uh, a family with very little money uh, uh, from the Bahamas. He came over here, and they spent all their money getting him into the NBA. He's gonna, he wants to pay all that back. He wants to live the good life. He enjoys. He carries. He wears a half-million-dollar necklace around his neck to all of his post-game pressers. And so he's, he's not going to give away half next year's salary just to sign a qualifying offer and then cross his fingers for a year from now. So those two things are out the door. He's not going to sign for the one-year qualifying. He's not going to be let walked, let allowed to walk away for free. So the only option is the Suns keep him or they sign and trade him. And, and really, if you're going to stay a contending team, you have to get some kind of value that, that adds up to a contending team with him gone. That doesn't mean the eight and trade itself would be one-stop shopping for contention, uh, but it does mean it would have to bring back player or players or picks that could be used in a trade for a top 10 player alternately. Now, there's rumors that Kevin Durant would like to play with Devin Booker. There's rumors that LeBron James would like to play with Devin Booker. Both players are kind of on their outs with their team because they didn't make either, uh, in LeBron's case, didn't even make the playoffs. And in Kevin Durant's case, got swept. Um, nothing worked out for either guy the way they thought it would be, they thought it would work out. There's rumors those two would like to force a trade to the Suns, similar to the way Chris Paul did a year ago. If that's the case, the Suns are probably going to backdoor negotiate what do you need back in a trade for one of these guys. And then that's going to be the rules on a date and sign and trade. Because here's the other thing is Aiden cannot be traded directly for, to either of those teams. They're both in their own salary cap situations where they cannot accept a sign and trade player and in the first place, period. And um, even if they could acquire Aiden. And then the other complication on Aiden sign and trade is he's only worth half his contract going out from the Suns as he is going into the other team and their salary matching issues. And so you'd have to include a third team and all this. But even before all that's considered, Brooklyn cannot take Aiton in a, in a trade period because they are hard capped. They cannot do a sign and trade acquisition. So from how I understand it and how John Hollinger laid it out, that DeAndre Aiton in a sign and trade essentially counts for 19 million. Um, yeah. Now, obviously you'd be. It's 15. It's half. If, if he got the three thirty point seven five 30.75 on, a, on the first year max, and you count half of that and then the 25% allowance, I think, for matching, that's what gets you to the 19-ish yeah. million. Right. So trading him, if you were to sign him to a, you know, whatever contract, that creates some challenges. So I just want to check, like, some of the names. Who I, I'm presuming all these guys would be available to be packaged with Aiton in the right deal, and I just want to float them past you before I start, yep. you know, before we start spitballing some ideas of, how Charlotte may or may not be able to get into the eight and sweepstakes. So we'll start down at the bottom campaign, 6 million per year. I presume he is someone whose sons would be open to packaging with Aiton. Yeah. The great thing about the contract, all the contracts you're going to mention, at least probably I'm guessing the first half a dozen contracts you're going to mention where you could almost sit there in James Jones's office with his management team and, and say, 
they'd sign this for a tradable contract, tradable contract, yeah. tradable contract, tradable contract. Every single contract you're going to bring up yeah. is only guaranteed for one more year. Correct. So that's campaign at six, Saric at 9.2, Shamit at 9.5. I think that's for maybe three more years though. And two. then Crowder for two more years. Shamit's then, the only one who goes two years okay. guaranteed. And then Crowder for 10 per year. So there's, there's a lot of other guys you can package there. But at the same time, if you're packaging... I don't know, Aiton and Crowder, that's a lot of your playoff rotation minutes which you're sending away there. So I, I, I'm guessing again there that Crowder is the most valuable of, of those names uh, put out there. So He might be the least attractive, but he's definitely one of the most available, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when we come to Charlotte, like the Suns are going to have the pick of probably teams across the league. You've got Detroit, the Spurs, other teams you're interested. You being Phoenix Suns GM, playing James Jones for a minute, Let's just start here. When you look at the Charlotte's roster, what entices you or at least brings you to the table of, I want to have that conversation with Charlotte about what's interesting. Is, is there anything? Is there any starting point? Or is it straight from the outset? Do you just not see anything on that roster and go, I, I just don't see how anything could work here? Yeah, I am looking at Charlotte's roster right now. Uh, the first thing is, that um, I don't believe, and I'm not entirely sure, but I'm 99% sure, there cannot be a double sign and trade of Miles Bridges for DeAndre Aiden. So it's just not going to happen. Bridges is going to want more because he's going to have to agree to that. He's going to want more than what he's allowed to do. And then the Suns won't want to hard cap themselves as a returning a sign and trade player. So that's one guy I want to take off the table, even though mm. he would be attractive. Yep. As a potential acquisition guy, um, I don't see that that happening. I, I think on paper, that's maybe not a bad starting point. But like you say, the cap right. mechanisms in place in the CBA make that just logistically almost impossible for both teams. Right, right, right. I mean, they could they could they could probably literally do it if they really wanted to, if uh, Miles Bridges would accept a figure that's in the 18 million range a year, which he probably doesn't want to have to. Um, if, um, um, sorry, and if both teams are okay with being hard capped beyond that, because once you acquire a sign and trade player, you become hard capped and you cannot do it again, which is but the Nets have already done that and they cannot do it again. So um, <clears throat> that's, that's a limiting factor. So I don't think, Bridges, even though he would be probably the most attractive money and youth and talent wise mm. that you'd be willing to give up. I think that would be, uh, that's not going to work. So um, who else do you want me to look at next? Or do you so, want me to bring So, I, I mean, I've got a couple of other options out here for you, which, I mean, when I was going through and prepping for this, I, I think these are difficult. Like, I think, to be honest, the Suns can find better deals out there and, and that's fine, but but, you know, Hornets fans want to go through this process. We want to, to understand yep. what logistically sure. can be offered. So uh, another one I've got here, Gordon Hayward is going to be involved here a couple of times. So you've got something which is like Gordon Hayward plus number 13 for Aiden and then like Saric and Payne. So you kind of, you, you, you top up that 18 million of Aiden with Saric's and Payne's um contracts and you get get up to that gordon hayward figure around 30 million and then the the Suns will also get the 13th pick in this year's draft which essentially there you're flipping out your starting center for another wing um 
Gordon Hayward's value is by no means the greatest right now. I, you know, the only way I think this could potentially get better is you add more picks. But like we said at the start, unless Phoenix have another deal lined up where they can send on two first round picks from Charlotte onto someone else for Jeremy Grant as well, or, or something like that. I don't know if those 13 and 15 plus Hayward, one doesn't make sense for Phoenix or one doesn't make sense for Charlotte. Uh, you're on mute, Dave. Sorry. Sorry, I was looking at the cap. Um, okay, so what you're basically saying, here's here's how that would have to work, the Gordon Hayward part for DeAndre Aiden. Because Aiden only counts for half a salary going out, you're including Sharich and, and uh, another player <clears throat> to get the money to add up. Um, the problem is the... Um, uh, let's see that would that would get the money to match for the Hornets side, but the Suns would not be able to take Hayward back because the Suns can only accept in a Dayton trade money that adds up to less than the 19 million. So because Hayward's a single contract, you can't break up his contract. So the only way it really works on an Dayton trade is to is the Suns getting lesser individual contracts and then any salary differences being spun off to a third team into their cap space or into a trade exception. Okay. So, th so this is good. So th this is why I wanted you on because I, I am yeah. learning through this too. So even though so Hayward is impossible, Terry Rozier <laughs> impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So even though Sarich paying an eight in together add up to the figure because they're only sending one player back, it, it doesn't work. And because Terry's is, if his extension hadn't kicked in this summer, which it just has, then he would have probably just about fit into the 18.9 figure. And if you remember, the Suns were all lined up to sign Terry Rozier the summer. Yeah. He ended up in Charlotte, ironically. Right. All, the, all the links was there. He was going to end up in Phoenix. And then all of a sudden, Charlotte swept I wouldn't be side. surprised if James Jones st would still want a Terry Rozier. Now, Terry Rozier is a little bit closer he is to the figure. Yeah. He's a little bit closer to the salary figure, right? He's not exactly that 18.8, but um, the Suns could bring more back if they send a little bit more out. It's, there, there might be a, uh, there's something John Hollinger was talking about in his, his um, article that didn't jive with what I heard from someone else. Who's a real cap magnate who understands all this. And so I've got to reconcile that, but if you're within a few million, you can probably work out a third team in there and make it happen somehow with extra salaries one way or another. I, I, I don't know the exact details, but Gordon yeah. Hayward, there's no way to make that happen. Okay. But Terry but, Rozier, it might be possible. And like you said, James Jones was a, a fan of Rozier, but the, the elephant in the room is they already have Chris Paul. They already have Devin Booker. Like, do they need another 6-1, guard? Like, that's well, not that's really the problem, right. right? So the 6-1, yeah. 6-2 is the problem. Do yeah. they need another guard? Yes, because Chris Paul is now, after two years and going into his third, really starting to hit that wall, I think. Um, we only saw it for a five-game period, but it was a bad five games. Mm -hmm. And everyone's been waiting for it. And they for the next season, already, he's, Chris Paul's been hurt in two straight playoffs. They need a third guy in that ball handler rotation. So in that respect, Terry Rozier would be very welcome if he could fit on the roster. He's basically campaign, um, um, supersized campaign talent-wise. Uh, but 
but he's only six one. And the problem in the NBA playoffs, as you get deeper and deeper into them, you've got to be able to hide a guy like that. Um, and if you're trying to play him sometimes next to Chris Paul, then that becomes a lot tougher to hide. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, like I say, if Chris Paul was, was moved in another trade or ended up getting a long-term injury at some point this offseason, maybe then it makes a little bit more sense. But I don't think, and you probably don't think that's that's likely right. to happen at all. Not Chris if you're Paul is Chris on the team. That's true. Exactly. Yep. So I, I also think that means that Terry Zier is out. You can then get into names like Kelly Oubre. Not going to happen. P- <laughs> you, no, I mean, you I don't didn't know like what your Kelly experience? I loved him. No, no, I loved him. The Suns didn't. They no. basically phased him out. They signed him to a contract that was eminently tradable. See, here's here's the thing. This is the this is the little Easter eggs that that I've been adding up. Though the reason I think the Suns are going to go big this summer and get somebody who's in the top ten ish range of NBA players. They did this two years ago. They when Kelly Oubre was a restricted free agent, they re-signed him to a two year, thirty million dollar deal, fifteen each year. That made his contract eminently tradable, along with Ricky Rubio, who they also signed um, uh, the year before that, to 17. And those added up to suddenly a guy like Chris Paul, right? You change those two. So Kelly Oubre was only re-signed. For some reason, he rubs people the wrong way. And he was only re-signed for that tradability, um, but he was never the son's favorite. He was fan favorite, but he was never the son's front office favorite. I, I think there's a zero chance they reacquire him unless he's being yeah. immediately flipped or something else. Yeah, and he's just of such a different talent level. It's not even the same ballpark. The, the only guy who I actually think I really like for the Suns is P.J. Washington in terms yeah. of style of play. But again, the problem here is that he's an expiring next summer. And if the Suns are wanting to save money, P.J. is going to be earning a paycheck himself. Um, it's not going to be $30 million like Aiden, but it's probably going to be 10 to 20 million, something in that range, right. depending on this next right. season. Um, and again, like PJ for me is like a great sweetener. Like if it was a Rosé plus PJ or something of that nature, but like you say, then the money just gets too high. So I don't see any way that can work. So kind of after working through it, in terms of just straight up trade partners, people will climb up for DeAndre Ayton, especially if he's taking meetings, Hornets fans are going to be doing it, but We've gone through the list here. Uh, unless there's something I've missed, there is nothing that imminently seems doable with the kind of the information that we've got at hand at present. Yeah, I agree with you. There is, there just doesn't seem to be anything doable either. Um, PJ Washington would be a, uh, a guy who, who likely could very well fit in the Suns rotation if, if, if they, as they move away from Jay Crowder. So here's the other thing. Now, Aiden, I'm pretty sure you're, I agree with you. <clears throat> no way Aiden gets moved to the Hornets in a sign and trade just isn't going to happen. But if the Hornets are looking to swap out uh, players, um, certainly a PJ Washington would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I, we'd have to look back at the, each team's roster and all that on trades, but we, we'll talk about that another time today. You were only talking about Deandre. Aiden. I just don't see that happening. No, I agree. But Really useful to have you on, Dave, um, to get your insight into this. Like we say, because of the cap minutiae, it is a complicated subject. And it's like some fans see it simple as Aiden is a free agent. Charlotte should get him. Yeah. And I, I wish it was that simple. Um, it would make life a lot easier trying to explain it to people. But but as we've seen that, it's not. But um, Dave, I, I really what want to say. What you can hope for. Yeah, I appreciate it. What, what you can hope for possibly is 
the Suns keep Aiden mm-hmm. at the 30 million. And they're so sick of him being in and out of, of uh, consciousness some days that they want to trade him mid-season. And then suddenly Gordon Hayward's, and they're, they're 100% match. They're a perfect match salary-wise. Or Miles but Bridges. Not this summer. Or Miles Bridges. After you guys keep Miles Bridges because you don't want to do a sign and trade with anybody else. And then you realize that's not your perfect. Exactly. Six months from now, trade deadline. Miles Bridges for DeAndre Ayton could be very fun. I just don't see it possibly. Right. Yeah. 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 No. And that's a great point. And we we saw that in that summer of the cap spike where you had guys like Mozgov and Biombo, obviously, who's now on the Suns. They all ended up getting traded for each other because the only guys who was bad at contracts and had the same matching salaries were the guys signed in that cap spike (laughs) summer. Um, So slightly different, obviously, situation here, but um, definitely something to monitor because, like you say, it does seem DeAndre and there's whether it's just a a, a short term thing, but doesn't seem the happiest from. from Well, no, he's just got to grow up. That's it. I mean, I love DeAndre Aiden. As a person, I've, I've talked to him several times, obviously only professionally, not personally, but I've talked to him several times. He's a cool guy. He's a chill guy. I asked him one time, what would you be doing if you weren't playing basketball? He'd say, well, I'd be walking on the beach. You know, that's it. He's so chill because he's from the Bahamas. So chill. And the problem is he still sees himself as like a 19 year old at heart kind of thing. He stays up all night playing video games, which is the, I don't, Okay. This is a perfect insight into DeAndre. Not that he plays video games into the wee hours of the night, like 90% of young males do in this world, but that he, he bragged about it in an interview during the 2022 playoffs and said he's doing it then during the playoffs. I mean, he's a little dense is what I'm saying. He's not really well practiced as far as what plays well in the media. And he's and so, and, and so he admits he's real. Right. He doesn't have platitudes. He doesn't say, do it, give him my best, blah, blah, blah. And then doing the opposite. He tells you what he's actually doing. The problem is he needs to grow up a little bit. If he gets his mind right and refocuses like he did in the 2021 playoffs, where it's just all about basketball and and doing the best he possibly can for everybody else on the team, um, he could be really great. But uh, he's already really, really good, but he could be really great if he ever really focused and that's, what's frustrating. And I think um, uh, the Suns would love to have him just be a refocused Aiden. Uh, that would be ideal. I agree. And um, I really enjoyed watching the Suns team emerge from bubble to now to being a championship contender. It's been really refreshing to have them back up in the NBA. So I, I hope it works out a positive way because I'm, I'm pulling for Phoenix. Um, great team to watch. I want Chris Paul to banish the ghosts of the past that haunt him um we're all pulling for that so um yeah I, I look forward to following the suns uh coming up if there are any more suns hornets rumors that pop up at any time we'll, we'll definitely be having you on again all right sounds good thanks for having me on man. all right thanks dave